Oh, hey, didn't see you there. Welcome to Secondary Fermentation, episode number 61. You might notice this is not Joe talking, so <laughs> you're probably thinking, what's up? Well, this is Nick here, and I'm joined once again by... Jen. Jen, no thanks for coming mark. back. No question mark. No question mark. She's, she's assertive this week. She knows what she's about. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're here today. It's a special episode. Joe and Lauren are a little bit preoccupied, as you know. They had a baby recently, and other life obligations on top of taking care of a one-month-old, so... Apparently that makes you busy. Who knew? Yeah, I mean, we have so much free time. I don't know what they're doing. (laughs) So thanks again, Jen, for filling in. We had a lot of fun. If you didn't check it out, uh, episode 60, Jen was on the episode, and we had a good conversation about lots of fun things. We had some back-and-forth banter. Joe and I talked about retro video games. Yeah. Uh, But check it out, (laughs) and... uh, so we thought we'd bring her back in, and we've got something else fun playing today, but wanted to kind of start off with some fun news. We've got some local beer events coming up, uh, especially very local to us here in Greenville, North Carolina. There is the Emporium and Fleet Feet Beer Mile. Yes, the Beer Mile. Very fun. We didn't do it last year, but the year before we were there. Yeah, last year... We had a trip planned, I believe. We were out of town. No? You had a concert. Oh, oops. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I worked. So uh, we're going to redo that this year. So if you're not familiar, a beer mile consists of running in total one mile broken up into quarter mile intervals. Mm -hmm. And with each quarter mile, you consume one 12-ounce beer. So by the time you've completed your mile run you've drank four beers and you're feeling pretty gross <laughs> you're feeling so, terrible not feeling great uh but then again you also feel really good after that as soon as that and then again feeling terrible yeah. we may have also gone and had more beer after the beer mile a couple yeah. years ago so maybe we'll learn this time around maybe probably not probably not but we've got that coming up in a few weeks it's on august 26th mm-hmm. so that's a Emporium is a local tap room. It's a self-pour facility, and they partner with Fleet Feet, Fleet Feet Greenville to put on this run. They also have a kids' juice mile, <laughs> I think, or juice quarter mile or half mile, whatever it is. But maybe we should do that instead. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they're encouraging that behavior with right. Chug, chug, chug. I mean, the thing is, with the thing I noticed about breweries and tap rooms now, even people our age that are starting to have kids, like mm-hmm. Joe and Lauren. Tyler and Meredith, all of our friends here are having kids. You can still bring them to a tap room or yeah. beer, know, mile. A beer mile. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, the, I guess in some states there are laws against certain underage people being in an establishment that serves alcohol, oh, really? but not North Carolina. So, I mean, you see people bring their kids all the time to a brewery. Yeah. And uh, so now parents that want to do a beer mile, they can bring the kids. The kids can participate. They can so do win-win. something. win-win. You don't have to pay for a babysitter. Right. They get all their energy out. And they can drive you home. (laughs) (laughs) I see no downsides. So we're going to bring Pumpkin. He's going to, yeah. Pumpkin the bunny is going to drive us home. But uh, yeah, we got that coming up and we're getting close to Oktoberfest season. I've been looking out for a few places to announce their dates and festivities. Mm -hmm. We've got Oktoberfest in... 
I guess I don't know. Is, I don't what know. town is it? It's near Winston Salem, but I don't know the exact town. But that's where Red Oak has their. It's beer closer garden. to Raleigh. Oh, is it? Whitset. Whitset. So, Red Oak Brewing Company. They've got a big beer garden there, and they're doing their own Oktoberfest there called Oktoberfest. Uh, I think it's like twenty bucks to get in, and you get this commemorative Stein glass, hmm. and you get you know, of course, some fest beer, Meritzen pours, things like that. They'll have food trucks, live music. It looks like a fun time. So we're getting close to that. I'm excited because I'm a big Meritzen fan. But before we get to that, we got to pump the brakes because we're still in summer. Mm-hmm. And big news, if you haven't heard, one of my favorite beers, and especially for the summer, one of my favorite beers has come back for a limited time. Sierra Nevada has re-released Otrevez. Wow. This is actually Jen's first time having Otrevez. I bought... We don't talk about how many I bought, um, <laughs> but it's only available at the tap rooms or like at the brewery facilities, either in Chico, California or in uh, Mills River, North Carolina, mm-hmm. or you can order online and have them shipped to you directly uh, with you know shipping fees involved, unfortunately. But I, I was, it was worth every penny. It's been a while since I've had Ochevez. It is a goza that has, it's not, not the original recipe, but the most recent recipe has agave and lime mm-hmm. it's delicious it's not overly tart it's not like a yeah. salty goza it's just juicy citrus light. refreshing light it, it drinks really nice in the summer and they announced they're bringing it back for a limited time so i'm going to try to make my supply last i may have to restock before the the drop is over but i was lucky to get one honestly <laughs> that might be all you get <laughs> um but the, uh, the original recipe for Ochevez, which is what a lot of fans were kind of upset about, is that that recipe is not back. It's uh, they, they kind of refer to it as like the prickly pear or the gold can Ochevez. So Sierra Nevada's original recipe included cactus plant, or I guess like you call it prickly pear, mm. with grapefruit. And apparently that was just even better. Mm-hmm. I wish I could get my hands on that, but maybe at some point they will bring that back. I yeah. can see this being like a summer seasonal thing because it... It makes sense, and that's how it was originally. Ochevez was oh, just really? a, a summer offering, but they used to sell it and distribute it to the stores where you mm-hmm. could get it here in a food line or a Harris Teeter. Mm-hmm. But, well, we had asked because we went on that Sierra Nevada behind the Pale Ale tour when we were in California, and we asked our tour guide about – well, you had. I <laughs> I had not. <laughs> um, but you had asked about the original recipe, and I think the biggest concern is just sourcing the cactus right. or the prickly pear. They just can't do it in a sustainable, feasible way to keep oh, yeah. up the production. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, it's much easier to source lime and agave and yeah. fruits like that are much more accessible and harvestable than yeah, cactus. So... Maybe with this global warming, we'll oh all be gosh. a desert. <laughs> all the cactus everywhere. Yeah. Well, One can dream. <laughs> bring back the gold can, even if it means we have to burn this world to the ground. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so really excited about that. It To me, it kind of just like reinvigorates this summer. We're already getting to the latter half of it, but you know, we... Uh, we enjoy the summer here. It's, it's really hot, but it's a good excuse to go out to the pool if you're lucky to have a pool nearby mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, head to the beach, which we're only an hour and a half away. So uh, we're definitely looking forward to enjoying the rest of this summer while we have 
the opportunity. It's it's just August. It's early August. We just cracked into the month, so I reckon we still have another couple months before it starts to cool down for the fall. Oh yeah. So it might be a little late, but we thought this would be a good time to kind of bring up a fun summer beer topic. It actually was a good idea by Jen. We talked about you know, you go to the pool, you go to the beach. It's summertime. You have sort of your staple snacks that you want to have. I mean, we're not talking like you know catering bojangles on the drive into the beach but you know you pack a a cooler full of drinks and snacks and it's like typically you're just kind of throwing in whatever's in the fridge right your seltzers your miller lights any kind of leftover craft beers you might have and you're trying to get rid of maybe some winter ales from (laughs) january you haven't finished off yet (laughs) but um you know with, with consciousness you can actually like you know put in an effort to like pair your beer and your snacks and we thought that'd be a fun exercise for us to kind of think of some typical snacks you might bring to the pool or the beach and then what beers would be good with those mm-hmm. snacks so yeah nick asked what should we talk about this week and i said let's talk about food and <laughs> 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 the beer podcast yeah i mean we've had a few fun food episodes already we had a an entire episode about just general practices and guidelines mm-hmm. for pairing. We're no experts by any means, but doing some research, kind of taking some advice from, you know, Cicerones, from people that are in the food industry that kind of maybe work closely with Somalis and wine pairings. You can kind of mirror that process into pairing beer with food. So, uh, yeah, definitely check back for our episode about food and beer pairing if you want a more comprehensive, uh, I guess, discussion of that. This is going to be more of kind of, just what is our uh, what's our source material, and we're going to make it very specific based on this, like the criteria of being like beach or pool snacks. And so, um, yeah. Without, without further ado, I guess we'll crack these beers, and then we'll get everything poured up and get started. All right, Nick and I have just chugged four beers. <laughs> we're really prepping for the beer mile. <laughs> yeah, we're getting the prep in while we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. So we may have... have to pause to run. <laughs> we'll be short short of breath we're by the end. Follow the uh, beer mile with the taco mile. <laughs> and you can guess the rules for that. <laughs> All right, so Jen, what do we have first for our snacks? Sure. So one of my favorite things, I'm a salt gal. Salt gal. Um, She's salty. I am salty. No, um, I'm much more of a person who would reach for a salty food than sweet. So um, I always bring a bag of chips of some sort to the pool or the beach. And so what we have today are some Doritos. Um, and what we are pairing it with... Um, really thinking about Doritos being a tortilla chip just covered in some nacho cheese powder. <laughs> Basically a portable nachos or more yeah. pool-friendly nachos, I would say. So along those lines, we've chosen a Mexican-style lager. The one we have today is put out by Ghostface Brewing called Vote for Pedro. Vote for Pedro. Um. And so just really thinking about something light to pair with these chips. Um, Let me get Nick and I situated. Ooh. 
some of your hair. Excellent. So, yeah, has uh, the look of Mexican lager. It looks the part. It's got a really clean, light color to it. Uh, it's like a pretty vibrant, vibrant gold. It's got really nice pillowy head. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks effervescent. Really gentle on the nose, like yeah. nothing really abrasive, nothing poking out. There's Mm-mm. not a lot of like no, noble hop character, any kind of discernible malt besides that that kind of just you know pilsner malt basically right smells very crisp you know just what you want when you picture sitting by the pool or the beach doritos in hand cheese dust all over your fingers and face (laughs) you want to reach for that mexican style lager yeah you can't tell if you're looking off cheese dust or sand (laughs) or both So yeah, let's do uh we're going to kind of also go through these live and just see, you know. Yes, yeah, so we have all of the picks. <laughs> yeah. So we can let you know if this was a good choice or not. Surprisingly, so I did do, you know, as much research as you can looking at what beer goes well with Doritos. And some folks have really gotten into it where there are beer blogs looking at every different flavor of Dorito and different beers you would pair with each flavor. So we just have the original nacho cheese. Um, And we decided to go with this lager, but really, you know, the nacho cheese flavor is so strong, you could go with something hoppier, do a pale ale or an IPA if you're into drinking some strong IPAs by the pool. Yeah, that's true. Um, I didn't even think about that because you've got your your cool ranch Doritos. You've got your spicy nacho. There's the, is it like the chili, spicy chili or sweet chili? Sweet chili. Um, and I mean, there's the volcano I think is back or the, the really hot one. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like the, the nacho cheese original has a really, you know, just nostalgic taste to it. You can't go wrong with the original. I don't know if it's actually the original. The original is probably like a plain tortilla chip. But. Uh, yeah, the original is a tortilla chip. <laughs> and the Doritos are the spin. <laughs> I yeah, think it tastes great. It does. And it's a really good Mexican lager here. Or mm-hmm. cerveza, if you will, from Ghostface. So, yeah, initial thoughts works really well. Because really when you get like a Dorito, you're getting that initial like hit of the nacho cheese dust on your palate and you get that you know delicious flavor you're looking for those ones that have like extra coating on them and you're like oh yeah yeah you want to go for those because that is all the extra flavor so once that's done then then you have like just that corn tortilla chip afterwards and so that has its own kind of taste to it and i think it goes really well with this mexican lager Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes like a cerveza by itself won't have any of that lime flavor or aftertaste sometimes brewers will take the liberty of you know infusing a little bit of lime kind of like in the boil or kind of imparting that usually they're just gonna cut some uh lime wedges and throw it in mm-hmm. as you as you order it but which this would one, be good with this yeah too. and we probably had some lime that we could have garnished it with but yeah it really washes it down nicely it's a pretty solid mexican lager you know sometimes like the the like i guess I don't want to call them domestic, but the imported Mexican lagers, mm-hmm. you know, your Coronas, your Dos Equis, mm-hmm. Modelos, mm-hmm. they're sometimes it's like a weird aftertaste. Sometimes it's because of, 
you know, getting skunked or uh, oxidized, um, light pollution, that kind of thing can cause some off flavors just naturally with those kinds of beers. But this one just has a really clean finish. Yeah. It's pretty light bodied. It's just subtly crisp. It's not overly like bubbling your mouth. The carbonation is yeah. just about right. And with those beers you were talking about too, a lot of times or sometimes there's really not a strong flavor there, but I feel like this has a great flavor. It's not strong. It is kind of a light, subtle flavor, but it's it's stronger than I would say. Yeah. It has just like a touch of I guess maybe a little bit of earthy floral hop. Like not bitterness, but just flavor. It's like mm-hmm. in the kind of more in retro nasal olfaction and just kind of you exhale a little bit and you get that those subtleties coming through. But for me it's a, a really great just summer beer by itself. I would enjoy that at a pool at the yeah. beach. Why not pair it with some nacho cheese Doritos? <laughs> Um, or just any kind of chips in general. I think this would go well with even just like a plain Lay's or yeah. you know, Ruffles. Um, definitely adding it into a uh, a cheese, sour cream and onion would work oh, too, I think. Incredible. Um, so yeah. Really anything that's like salty, you know, I feel like this just cuts it so well. Gives you a nice little palate cleanser. You know, we had considered, you know, just regular potato chips too, since I probably have Doritos in one hand and potato chips in the other. <laughs> Double fisting. And then I have a straw in the beer, so <laughs> I can have them all. Um, but really, you could consider a Pilsner too, just something that's like crisp, clean, and light is what we were, you know, thinking for pairings. And I would say it worked pretty well. Yeah. And, you know, I would probably not be looking for like a Czech Pilsner or something that's overly biting, dry. Um, Even like a, we've talked a little bit like New Zealand lagers, they have a little bit more hop character. And so those are great and delicious beers. I think if you're looking for something just to kind of like lift and cleanse your palate, like refresh you at a, you know, a hot day outside by the pool. At, uh, you know, camped out on the beach. This would be a style I'd be looking for, something clean, approachable, and, uh, you know, less of that kind of perceived bitterness, that perceived dryness, mm-hmm. um, that kind of, like, bite to it. And, again, that was Vote for Pedro from Ghostface in Mooresville, North Carolina. Spoiler alert, all the beers featured today are from North Carolina breweries, and they were all picked up from Driver Street Bottle Shop, I was dead set on trying to get North Carolina breweries, you know, whenever we can support our our own here in the state of North Carolina, I'd like to do that. And I know for a fact that Jarvis Street is always restocking and always getting in new breweries. I was talking to Lars actually today when I was picking up and it seems like I always just miss like when he's got some new shipment coming in. And uh, but luckily I know that they've got more more stock coming later in the week, some different things coming in. Uh, he let me know they're going to bring in some Fanta Flora, which is going to be really exciting. It's the first time that we've had them really accessible here mm-hmm. in Greenville. So, um, yeah. So thanks, Lars, and thanks, Jarvis Street, for always having a good stock for us. And with that, I guess we move on to the second pairing here. And the food option we're going with next is kind of interchangeable with 
other options it can you know kind of using this the family of like wraps or sandwiches you know because typically you want to have a little bit of substance and not just have you know <laughs> chips and <laughs> you know <laughs> chips are not a meal typically you know goldfish pretzels you you can snack away on those but if you want something you know a little more meat some protein some cheese some girl dinner, <laughs> some <laughs> girl dinner. you want to you want to have a little bit of a you know a wrap or a sandwich pack too and you know whether it's pb and j or if it's uh you know ham and cheese mm-hmm. um, or you can even you know blt whatever your fancy is but i actually whipped up a little bit of a pinwheel today using a uh, i guess it's a tomato basil wrap yeah or, or sun-dried tomato sun-dried tomato wrap so yeah we've got a little bit of pinwheel so it's going to kind of fill that second spot of like a wrap or a sandwich and to pair with that we have a wheat ale from shortway brewing company in newport this is called chatham street so i was looking for a wit beer or a wheat ale of sorts I didn't want to go for like a a Hefeweizen just because typically with those, you're going to get a little more of that kind of banana and clove character. Whereas like a wit beer or a white ale, even sometimes you can get a little more of that kind of spice and citrus character, a little bit of earthiness to it. Mm. And my, my goal was to find something in that family just to kind of, complement and contrast with the flavors going on with this pinwheel that I've made or you know it's, it's just a wrap that I've cut into bite-sized pieces <laughs> I'm making it sound like I'm a chef <laughs> I just threw things on a tortilla some and rolled chef-y. it up but uh yeah we had you know some spinach some turkey cheese some uh vegetable cream cheese pickle and some sun-dried tomato kind of just wrapped it all up and so you're going to get a little bit of savory some creaminess from the cream cheese and the colby jack cheese um and then the sun-dried tomatoes really kick it up a notch because they've got you know kind of an oily uh roasted tomato yeah like you know some some more of like a new not umami but like a robust flavor like other otherwise a sandwich can be you know i would say mild or bland but (laughs) i get a lot of grief because i uh I've been known to use Miracle Whip instead of mayonnaise, but I'm looking for that zing or that like pop in my sandwich. And so Miracle Whip really brings that. Duke's mayo. (laughs) Or if I go to Jimmy John's, it's the Jimmy Peppers. You know, you get a little bit of that like punch in the mouth. So to cut that, we have this. Just right off the bat, it's much darker than the lager, which we would expect. Not much darker, more of like a straw colored. Mm -hmm. And a slight haste to it, but not really hazy mm-hmm. you know it's not like a hef where you're gonna expect it to be just like totally unfiltered hazy cloudy this has some transparency to it definitely not as pronounced of head on yeah. this one and it's dissipated almost entirely except for a faint ring around the outside of the glass mm-hmm. but it smells really nice it smells really good it tastes really nice too mm-hmm. yeah it's a little subtle it's pretty sweet though it is. Um, a little bit of citrus kick in there. Like a little bit of maybe lemon zest, some orange zest. I think that sweetness will be nice with, you know, the savory sandwich. You know, if you're not as fancy as Nick Duncan, <laughs> you can make a turkey and cheese on some white bread and oh, yeah. 
I think still like this sweetness, subtle sweetness of this beer will cut that fattiness and really yeah. pair nicely. Yeah, because things with like, you know, if you're going to have mayo on your sandwich or cheese, something that's either, you know, some fat or some creaminess to it, um, having something that can kind of cut that while being not over, like, I don't want a really aggressive beer. I don't want something that's going to be overly roasty or overly hoppy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think like having having the, the Mexican lager we just had with the sandwich would be just fine. But if you're looking for something that's going to kind of maybe not just wash out the flavor or kind of yeah. like take a, a palate cleanser in between bites. Like you said, it's going to kind of add some compliment to that. Um, Cause for me, like having this kind of citrusy sweet, you know, really like wheat forward beer um, goes well with, you know, the grain of the tortilla. It's going to mm-hmm. go really well with the, uh, the veggies on here, which are, you know, to be fair, the veggies are spinach, pickle and sun-dried tomatoes. But um, also kind of cutting through some of the um, the fattiness and that yeah. creaminess from the cheese and mm-hmm. the uh, cream cheese. I would say this is a great pairing. It really works well together in all the ways that Nick just described. Looking just for something light to cut through that fattiness. And this has such a great, this beer has such a great flavor too. I think that citrus, those citrus notes you mentioned are really enhancing the food, like how you would have a slice of lemon on the side or have that acid kick. You know, really thinking about that Netflix documentary, um, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. I mean, that's really what we're doing is trying to fill in the holes from the food we're eating with um, beer that we're drinking. Yeah, and I I think... While this does work, and the beer, the beer itself, I really do like the Chatham Street wheat ale from Shortway itself is good, and I think it actually has succeeded in being a good complement. While also, I don't know if it can simultaneously contrast with some of the flavors, but yeah, you just mentioned the salt, fat, acid, heat component of kind of like cooking and. You know how to add things to elevated dish, or if it needs something, those are the elements you're kind of trying to adjust for. With pairing with either food and beer, or food and wine, or similar pairings, um, typically you're looking for things to contrast, to complement, or to cut. And oh. I think you know that. Depending on who you ask, like that's probably a paraphrase of what others might say, but. Essentially, trademark that. Yeah, I should. No one's ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> TM, TM, TM. So, yeah, I think the uh, the wheat ale here with that subtle sweetness, a little bit of citrus, like zesty to it. Um, the zestiness kind of works well with the, you know, tart pickle aspect of this particular wrap. Mm-hmm. The um, the sweetness kind of goes well to either you know you could say kind of contrast the like earthy robustness of the sun-dried tomato. Mm-hmm. But then you have you know, your your turkey, your sliced turkey is pretty, um, you know, a little bit savory, but overall um, a, a lighter cut of meat. And then you've got the creamy cheeses in there too. And so the sweetness and the, uh, the mellowness of this beer kind of complement that well. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if it's fair to say that one beer has succeeded in all elements of the uh, the pairing guidelines, but um, <laughs> I also think you know if not a uh, a wheat ale or a wit beer, I was looking at maybe doing a blonde ale or yeah. a red ale as an option for pairing. Um, that'd be more of I think like a a contrast because you know if you get something like an amber or a red ale, you're gonna have a little bit more of a pronounced malt bill there. It's gonna have mm-hmm. Some kind of darker malt where it could be a little syrupy, a little sweet. Um, it could be a little, not necessarily roasty, but you're kind of getting towards the darker malts, which are going to be less sweet, less mellow, and more present and more, like, I'm going to say aggressive. But I think that could lend itself to maybe overpowering yeah, a, a sandwich or a wrap, too. So I kind of wanted to be cautious, and that was... Playing it safe with the wheat ale, but I think it kind of paid off in the long run. Yeah, and really ultimately thinking about what would I want to drink on the side of a pool, I think I would reach for a wheat ale more often than I would reach for an amber. True, that's a good point. And and something I think we kind of consider with all of these options, not only would it be good pairing for the food choices or the snacks that we're pairing them with, but also considering it's summertime, you're outside, it's hot by the pool or at the beach so <laughs> what wouldn't i mind drinking once it's 80 degrees and i can yeah i mean they're sitting outside for a bit i will drink a nice stout if you know somebody releases a new one here at a local brewery but uh, i'm not typically looking for those in the summer and i'm not certainly bringing them in a cooler to the beach Mm-mm. so um, yeah so this one the chatham street from shortway also 6%, so oh. that's right on the cusp of a beer that, you know, you can drink a couple of them hmm. and that that's ABV range that you're, yeah, you're trying to like, you know, have some longevity while you're outside and not <laughs> drink anything higher alcohol because it's just going to shorten the time you're at the pool um, or at the beach. You're going to have to, you know, pack it up when you're <laughs> kind of at your limit. Or so. someone else will have to pack it up. All right. Excellent choice nicholas on to our next one so our next snack that we picked out was um fresh fruit since that is a great option in the summer we have lots of fresh fruit here in north carolina grown by local farmers um and especially we have some great watermelon and i am one who loves watermelon in the summer i'm always sad when i see the watermelons leave in the grocery stores since they're just so great. So we have some watermelon here. And to pair it, we have a goza from D9 Brewing. It is a cucumber and melon goza. So really kind of playing off of those melon flavors with the watermelon. And, you know, I obviously I picked this up from Driver Street Bottle Shop, but Jen had also suggested that Otrave's would be a good pairing for watermelon. And I agree. So we'll have to try that just after the fact because we have a lot of watermelon now. So <laughs> a lot off, of vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not enough of that. Not an, Oh, yeah. Never no, enough. Never. Um, but yeah, so. This right away you can smell much fruity, much fruitier than the other two. Pairings. I th- I'm getting more of the melon than the cucumber, but the cucumber is definitely still there. Wow, it almost looks kind of like a white wine in appearance. It's like 
a slight chill haze to it and it's a pale kind of straw color no head to speak of like Mm -mm. absolutely none um which is not uncommon for a a sour like a goza i think you know really great pick when you're thinking about fruit either watermelon grapes strawberries whatever you're going to bring to the beach for uh, a little bit of health (laughs) some refreshing juicy fruit a pairing it just totally makes sense to have some kind of goza and there's such a variety of flavor profiles and gozas like you run the whole mm-hmm. gamut um, and even just different styles of sour ales too I'm making a face there is it pretty tart <laughs> it's tart i am not a sour gal I will enjoy like Hotfly puts out fruited or blended sours, and I do enjoy those. They have like a cheesecake series, and it's really a dessert. It's a alcoholic smoothie at that point. But um, gozas, and that why I was nervous to try goza, as Nick proclaims it's his favorite beer of all time, and I'm not a goza fan. But this this beer is definitely tart. Um. It not, is very tart. <laughs> which honestly is not bad with the watermelon because watermelon is such a sweet fruit. I would say if I had like green grapes, it would just be too much tartness. And something that I did see, because I also did a little research into beers that pair with watermelon, because there are so many watermelon beers, you know, it seems like they go hand in hand so often these days. Um is that some folks um, recommend or have blended up watermelon, made a watermelon puree, and added it to beer. Um, And so it does change the flavor, as you can imagine. It adds, it's kind of adding your own, you know, watermelon additive to the beer after the fact. So it does change the flavor, add that watermelon sweetness as well. And then it changes the mouthfeel, too, because you are adding a thicker puree that kind of makes the mouth feel a little silkier so oh yeah thinking about that i mean it'd be interesting to try with this beer we don't have that prepared but it'd be interesting to try with this and even with the ocher vase you know nick and i were talking that it's almost like a watermelon margarita at that point just not as strong with you know looking at a four percent beer and adding some watermelon or having that on the side yeah, and I think watermelon is such a popular snack and like food in the summer, but I think it also does kind of make much more of a presence in the beer industry. Like I see a lot of watermelon gozas. I see kind of watermelon sours a lot, like or, or some, you know, they're combined mm-hmm. with other fruits. Um, wheat beers, wheat, watermelon Yeah, watermelon wheat. wheat. I think it just pairs well and complements well with beer just as a whole and it's a really great adjunct and this one here like i'm actually getting maybe it's just because i've had a few pieces of the watermelon but i'm like taking a a whiff of this beer and on the nose i'm getting some of that like melon flavor and it's really nice and it i think it uh you said it's watermelon or it's melon and what was the other cucumber cucumber (laughs) and the cucumber i think works really well too i'm not tasting the cucumber really like super, that that screams summer to me. That seems like a really nice summer oh, yeah. beer. Yeah. This light, it's got some of those adjuncts that like you think about as like a you know watery kind of refreshing 
like people add cucumbers to like water just for some different flavor but also as like a refresher and watermelon of course does the same thing and so those make perfect sense to add Mm -hmm. to like a you know goza or a sour but it definitely lends itself to be much more tart than i would have expected because both of those are not tart you know fruits or vegetables they're just you know very mild and the watermelon being a little bit sweet and the cucumber being just how do you describe a cucumber's flavor (laughs) it's like grassy grassy i mean vegetal yeah but it's they're both refreshing and like yes very light so surprising to have this so tart but it's i don't mind it too much because i'm a you know i'll drink sours um but like you said the ochevays is funny because it it really i think it's a much more approachable summer Uh, beer because it is not super sour it's just refreshing and light and citrusy and Mm -hmm. you know it lifts pretty well honestly what would be good is to make this like a little beer sangria, cut up some watermelon, Ooh. put it in. You get a little crunch of watermelon while you're drinking. I, yeah, I said it looks like a wine and I think it could kind of mimic a wine base. You would want yeah, add a lot of like sweet fruits to it to kind of yeah. counteract the sourness. But yeah, I could see that working really well. But yeah, it's... um. I think it does work though, because like you said, you're getting a good contrast here between the really sweet, juicy watermelon and pretty like tart forward gyoza. Um, this by itself might be, you know, a little Too bit, <laughs> a little bit of aggressive sourness. So then having a little bit of watermelon to kind of complement the already present melon flavor in this mm-hmm. beer is nice. Um, but I'm also wondering, like, had we done the Ochevés with the watermelon? How would we have perceived that? Because, you know, you're adding like some lime and some agave. It's kind of like, supposed to be kind of a margarita-esque goza. And like, but you think about like there's watermelon margaritas. So maybe that would have been a top-notch hitter. We'll have to see if we picked wrong. If we picked wrong, it's on me because I decided to go with the D9 upon Jen's recommendation of course I think for the he's style. saving the ultra base for himself <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to split one with me no no we'll do we'll do it off the air as an experiment and we'll we'll get back with the results so i don't think any trip to the pool or beach would be complete without something sweet and we're not talking about fruit <laughs> that's healthy we're talking about candy i mean I think I think most every trip we've gone to the beach, we've included some kind of snacky thing where it's candy, some kind of you know cookie, something kind of sugary, sweet. Um, sometimes watermelon or a, a, a fruit can just replace that, but you know it's really good to have something just sugary when you're at the beach. I don't know why it just sounds good, but to me, candy is it seems so intimidating to pair to pair a beer with that. And so I kind of struggled with this one because, well, we have candies. I'll tell you right now. We've got Skittles because I think that's just a, you know, a nice candy to bring to the beach. Oh, yeah. You know, they get a little warm. You taste the rainbow. Gooey. You might see the rainbow while you're at the beach or at the pool. Wow. Um, and then we've been really into these nerd a rope too clusters. Into. <laughs> if you haven't had nerd, nerds gummy. ropes. Cluster, gummy clusters. Yeah. They're great. So if you've ever had the Nerds Ropes, it's the same thing, but they just cut them into little like cluster pieces that you, you know, little bite-sized pieces. You can eat the whole 
bag and you don't realize you've done it. Amazing. They're super good. Like and just the some... right ratio of nerds to the gummy yes. filling. I was going to say, if you somehow have the willpower to not finish the bag, it's resealable, which I think really just sells it for me, honestly. That's, that's just the kicker. Anything resealable. But uh, yeah, so we have, like, I guess you could say like some gummy candies and some just like fruit candies, some fruit chews between these two different candies. And, you know, again, you might think, okay, well, a fruit beer or like a sour with fruit adjunct flavors but i was kind of thinking why not try to pair that with a hoppy beer that has like really tropical juicy fruits that kind of complement the tropical juicy flavors of the skittles and then like you know the the gummy clusters from these nerds rope clusters those have you know a, a that you know any kind of like gummy candy has its own sweet kind of fruity sugary flavor that's you know, I think going to pair well with any kind of tropical, citrus, juicy fruit that might be present in different hot varieties. And so what I was looking for was an IPA that was going to have some of the, you know, usual suspects for like those characteristics. So you could have like Cascade hops, Citra hops, Mosaic, Galaxy hops. A lot of them have similar characteristics where you're bringing in some citrus fruit, um, melon, tropical fruit, some passion fruit. Um, all those to me scream like they'd marry well with these. So went ahead and got an IPA for this last pairing. And it came down to a couple different options. But ultimately I went with an IPA from New Anthem in Wilmington. So they have this IPA called Songs Unsung. It's got this like... I don't know, it looks like manga or some kind of like anime art on the can. Uh, but it's a 7.5% ABV IPA. And I hope it's going to pair well, but we will find out. Jen's going to pour us up here. While she does that, I want to kind of revisit the the hops that they, that they mentioned for this particular IPA. So New Anthem, they do a lot of different IPAs and use a ton of different hop varieties and so i had to you know make sure i looked into this particular one to see which hops were present so this one uses citra and vix hops so i think it'll kind of do a sufficient job of covering the aspect of the citra hops um getting that kind of like juicy tropical fruit flavor and there's some you know, obviously some citra but I think where it's going to be um, interesting is the Vic Secret has actually like pineapple and passion fruit, but it has a little more like pine resinous quality to it. So I think it's going to give us a little bit of balance. So it's not just like a total tropical IPA here. It's going to have some tendencies to get grassy, piney. And I think that'll kind of bring us back to earth so we're not just getting oversaturated with fruit flavor <laughs> between skittles and a fruity beer or a fruity hop flavored beer yeah. so this will be interesting i think of all the four pairings candy with an ipa was a little bit intimidating to to pair so if it's bad you can blame me but we'll find out i should have noted that the nerds rope clusters you got were the berry 
yes. variety, right? Because there is an original variety. <laughs> Gotta watch out for her. She'll chew off and buy candy you weren't expecting. Wild. Okay, so before even taking a sip of the beer, I'll make some general observations. So definitely a hazy IPA. It's got a ton of haze. It's got kind of a pale gold color and somewhat persistent, like wispy head, leaving some lace on the glass. On the nose, definitely some tropical fruits, but mm-hmm. also still some of that piney yeah. quality to it, which... Yeah. You know, I, I almost went with the beer from Sycamore that actually was like a basically a creamsicle type beer. Uh, it was called Drippy. So it's a hazy IPA, but that was basically like mango flavors, like orange creamsicle. And I was like, that sounds like a dessert IPA, which would probably go really good with candy. But kind of went on a little bit of a, a risk here by doing something that was going to have you know, the the Vic Secret hops that have a tendency to be piney mm-hmm. on top of being, you know, fruity. So I think it works really well because it isn't, you have those fruity aspects, but you don't have that overly sweet that you get with some hazy IPAs or, mm. but it works really well with, this sweet candy. I've only had Skittles, and I guess depending on what flavor of Skittle you <laughs> grab, it might impact your perception of the beer or how well it pairs. That is a good point because I just had the lemon and the lime Skittles. Mm-hmm. Took a sip of that. Definitely interesting because you know while I'm getting some pineapple and some a little bit of passion fruit. I I think. Those are complementing well with the citrus, but I also think that the slightly piney resinous flavor that I'm getting, which is actually coming more through the retronasal olfaction, that's kind of cutting down the like sharpness of citrus hmm. too. So it's actually like, I don't know, I guess making the candy less... Tart, less acidic. Hmm. I actually like it better with the clusters than I do with the Skittles. It is nice. You know, I think choosing an IPA for, you know, sour or fruity candy was a bold choice, but I think it's worked out pretty well. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. It's it's definitely not as comfortable of a pairing. Yeah. I feel like it's not blending as well as the other three have. And I just wonder if that's just too, like, not everything is going to go well with beer, despite what you and Joe might think. Yeah, and that might be kind of a lesson to be learned, but, um, you know, I think it's easier to do, like, chocolate pairings with beer. You get into some of the chocolate with, you know, brown ale, stouts, porters, because a lot of those beers have sort of adjuncts or... You know, the malt character can lend itself to taste like some of those candies already. You get, you know, some hazelnut, some peanut butter, chocolate, dark chocolate, etc. So I think those much easier to pair with beer just because of, you know, how they're already present in a lot of aroma and flavor in those darker styles. I think when it comes to these, like, you know, 
fruit candies, fruit chews, gummies, those while still being used, like I've seen people use them as adjuncts in a ton of beers. I think some, I think Pitchery might have actually done like a Skittles beer before oh, really? where they you know, threw them into the, the kettle, but they, uh, I don't know. I like, I, I did some research and I was like trying to see, you know, what pairings people suggested. And funny enough, like people were <laughs> typically recommending like wines to go with candy, hmm. um, or like, that would be basically other pool. sours. And I was trying to avoid doing another sour, but you know, I definitely think you could get something like a grisette or maybe even a, a fruited lambic, another goza. That might be a more safe kind of complimentary pairing. I was hoping to do something where it wasn't just a like for like flavor. I was trying to say like, okay, similar, but how does this elevate it or kind of contrast the flavor without being like totally off, out of left field? Because like you're going to pair, you know, Skittles with, you know, an Imperial Stout. But I thought by doing it with some IPAs that have hop that, that utilize hops that have characteristics similar to these, that mm-hmm. it would be a decent enough um, complement to their flavors. But I don't know. It remains to be seen if I would actually implement this. I'm not totally thrilled on it. I don't know. Maybe I'll try a purple Skittle and see if that changes anything. Well, I think like it's like if you're eating or you're drinking one beer, your taste buds acclimate to a certain flavor and then you know introducing something so i think that's almost like the bitterness of the hops and the ipa is almost too much after having such sweet sweet candy and then like getting hit with that bitterness Mm -hmm. but i think anything is going to taste any style of beer just about is going to taste pretty bitter after having (laughs) basically a tablespoon of sugar just chewing on that you know that was a good point that may just be pretty unavoidable with a style that is known for bitterness like an ipa i was thinking maybe a hazy ipa or yeah a juicy ipa would kind of avoid that pitfall but it seems like with this variety maybe that was a bit of a, a shortcoming and so Maybe try this again with that drippy from Sycamore and see if I have a different perception. Yeah. But Well, and I almost like it better when I still have like some Skittle or gummy in my mouth when I drink. Almost like a dessert wine where you still want like a little bit of like the cheesecake or the cake that you're eating. And then you have the dessert wine. It's like, you know, still having some residual kind of compliments and adds to the flavor of the beer a little more than like just drinking a really bitter IPA after you've had a lot of sweet stuff. Yeah. You know, actually, I think I would have liked this IPA with the wrap or the pinwheels. It just was a little bit more bitter than I was expecting. I think by reading the description, it wasn't enough to give me an idea of what the beer was going to taste like. So it's also probably maybe the another lesson to take from this is know what beer you're drinking before you decide to pair it with with something. Yeah. Um, I was making a big assumption that, you know, the hops that they used in this IPA were going to be enough to combat um, any kind of, like, perceived bitterness or 
overly resinous flavor, which can really just overwhelm your palate. And so I think unless you get a candy that kind of bounces or plays well with bitterness, um, you said, like you said, it might just be a total affront to your palate by going from something super sugary and sweet to something bitter. Cause those are such different ends of the spectrum when it comes to, to taste. So yeah, maybe play it safe with sours. If you want to try IPAs, I would just go as juicy as you can get. Try to avoid any kind of like noble hops. I would stay away from anything that's earthy, spicy, um, bitter, piney. It's just more difficult, I think. Um, if you're looking for something to kind of cut the sweetness, I think you could do that in other ways and not necessarily with the IPA. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a little more harsh of this because it was my pick, but... <laughs> Um, we've all been there. It wasn't terrible. It just, I don't know. The weird thing is like after taking a sip of the beer, I now want some more candy cause it's like leaving that yes. lingering bitterness. I'm yeah. like, I want some, some sweetness to kind of huh. balance that out. So but anyway, I thought all this right. was a, a fun, yeah. fun activity, fun to taste out for new beers from North Carolina. Eat some food. Oh Yeah. That was really the best part. That was the reason we did this. <laughs> I think we actually had to be conservative with eating because it's really hard to munch on chips in front of a microphone. Yes, we should have thought about that. So you probably heard, you probably picked up some crunching and munching in the audio. I'll probably try to compress some of that audio so it's not as aggressive in the ears. But um, yeah, definitely try it out. Just have fun with it like we did. You know, if you're next time you're going to the beach or the pool and you want to bring some snacks, you know, look in your beer fridge and think maybe you can start from yeah, one work way one way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Either look and see what snacks you have and go to the store and buy a variety pack or go to a bottle mm-hmm. shop and get some craft beers or look and see what beer you're going to throw in the cooler and try to grab some snacks to complement it. Yeah. And, t- and tons of good resources online. A lot of good blogs guides from you know reputable magazines and outlets that are beer centric and so you know take those as sort of a framework and then build off of that Um, and just think about like what makes sense to you because like typically if it sounds good in your head then you'll probably enjoy it unless you're like me and you kind of whiff every once in a while (laughs) Uh, just I think candy is just a tough one yeah, and I would say, too, like, I am not a Goza fan. So even if you do your research and you see, oh, get a sour to drink with this or get an IPA to have with your Cool Ranch Doritos, if you don't like IPAs, don't get don't get one because it's not going to make it any better. Don't yeah. just struggle through a beer that you don't a like. Beer. Yeah, <laughs> just for the pairing. Yeah. But it's uh, definitely fun, and we still have a little bit of summer left, so try it out. Let us know if you come up with anything that's just dynamite, oh, or yeah. if you have any total just lapses in judgment and you have a terrible pairing. Also, let us know that, too, because that'd be fun. <laughs> so we can avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> so we can laugh at you <laughs> and also avoid it. Um, but yeah, so this is where we get to the point where we talk about what we learned today. Jen, would you like to start? Sure. 
I think I really the like compliment, contrast, or cut when looking for food food and beer pairings, I think is just a good mantra to have in mind when you're approaching it. You know, is there a flavor? Does this item, does this salad have a lot of citrus in it? And so I want to pair it with a beer that has citrus or do I want to avoid citrus because the food I'm having has it. And so I think that is just, I think the main takeaway from, you know, if you are going to venture out and try to find pairings yourself, um, just thinking about that. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I I think when it comes to beach and pool snacks, you can just have the candy. You don't have to have a beer with it. <laughs> I learned that it's just... To me, something really sugary sweet, like a fruit chew or a gummy candy, it just needs to be by itself probably for my own palate. But... I think the bigger lesson is that everyone's palate is different. And so for you, it wasn't as big of a an issue having that slightly piney IPA with those. But um, I know that I might just try to avoid pairing food or uh, candy with beer in the future. Mm-hmm. So unless it's like chocolate. <laughs> but with that, that wraps us up for episode number 61 of Secondary Fermentation. If you'd like to follow us on our social medias, that would be greatly appreciated. And you can find us on Instagram at East Carolina Beer. We're also on Threads, which is the new sub social media of Instagram. I guess it's all part of the, part of the metaverse, I think. So we're also on Facebook at where you can find us at East Carolina Beer and Brewing. We are on Twitter. We haven't really, or now it's X, I guess, not Twitter, but we're on X at East Beer. Not super active on there, but, you know, that might kind of be falling by the wayside with the new threads. We'll see how that takes off. But you also can hit us up on our email, eastcarolinabeer at gmail.com. Send us a message. Reach out on any of our social medias if you'd like to connect or if you have any cool ideas any kind of food and beer pairings you wanted to share. And uh, also, if you could just leave us a review on any of our podcast platforms. It's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. I think Stitcher's going away soon, but we're still on there. So let us know what you think and reach out. We like to engage with people. So until next time, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.